from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Panthers have a lot of decisions to make involving their, their cuts, their waivers by tomorrow at 4. You have to have your roster down to size by tomorrow at 4 o'clock. And, and most teams start their cuts a bit early, right? If you, if you know a player is going to go and you don't have a reason to, to hang on to them, you, you make those moves. Um, the roster is nowhere near complete. And and they also need to shop effectively. So we'll 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 break it all down, right? Um, some some names you might recognize that have already been cut. Uh, quarterback Jake Luton, kind of a camp arm there. Um, it was expected. Uh, running back Cam Peoples. I think he would have needed to have a very very big day in that preseason game three. The App State yeah. App State running back uh, didn't get started on the right note with a fumble. And it uh, was kind of uphill battle from there. And, and he was uh, part of the group that's already been moved on from. Uh, linebacker Bumper Pool. I'm not sure anyone really expect him to make the team, but it's a great name. Great Bump, name. Bumper Pool. I mean, you almost want to keep him just because of that. <laughs> uh, a handful of defensive backs, handful of guys in the trenches, uh, a couple of wide receivers, and a kicker. All uh, already gone. Uh, no real surprises there. Not yet, at least. Still on the chopping block, though. And, and the chopping block is a very callous way to talk about somebody losing their their opportunity to fulfill a lifelong dream. But uh, some guys who I guarantee you now are still dreading when their phone rings, um, Spencer Brown, running back, Matt Corral, quarterback, Shai Smith, receiver and kick returner, Michael Jordan, offensive lineman. There are quite a few guys right now that probably aren't sleeping very well. Right? They're, they're, they're not sleeping very well. And you know what's even tougher – for a team that wasn't very good last year, like the Panthers, who had the ninth overall pick, but prior to the trade, so the you know ninth worst record, is even after the the deadline comes and goes, when they when the Panthers see everybody else's cuts, they may be making waiver claims, and that means easily, and that mean and when I say maybe, they will be, and what that means is even if you make the roster initially, you might get bumped out for someone they choose to to pick up on waivers from another team so be ready for the cuts by the deadline and then more cuts to come after the panthers start to claim guys that were cut by other teams and if you're the panthers you have to this is where like being a gm or being a head coach is not a fun place i like i love to fantasize about what i would do if i were a gm oh this is how i would handle this position this is a guy that i love in the draft in the mid rounds that's the fun part i do not put my myself in the shoes of the person that has to cut somebody yeah. Espe- like especially someone i like it's, yeah having to tell having to tell somebody hey you've worked your whole life to get to this point to have this opportunity mm-hmm. and sorry you weren't good enough that's essentially what you're saying. Hey, you weren't good enough to be one of our 53 players. And even more brutal to Tuesday at the deadline, call somebody and say, your job is safe. You made it. Like, congrats. You're on the 53. And then on Wednesday, have to call and go, we didn't think this guy at your position was going to be cut by the Vikings. And we put a claim in on him and we got him. So sorry. Now you're, you're not on the team. Yeah. Like that is one of the more brutal things you can do. Be so so. Be ready to ride the roller coaster with the the Panthers roster over the next three or four days, right? Because even if you think, all right, this is this position group is settled. Oh, guess what? We weren't anticipating uh, Bam Knight to be cut by the Jets. Yeah, 
which, by the way, happened today. Former NC State running back. So, so you know, maybe somebody like Spencer Brown was hoping to cling to that. You know, maybe they're going to keep an extra running back because Miles Sanders isn't always healthy. Well, if they do now, I guarantee you they're going to be putting in that claim for Bam Knight. I think a lot of teams are going to be doing that. Maybe if even if you're somebody like Blackshear, you're looking around going, eee, that just became more interesting. I hope one of those top eight teams put a claim <laughs> in on him. Now, something to keep in mind when it comes to these roster decisions, is, especially for the Carolina Panthers, is that their injury situation at wide receiver does kind of muddy the waters mm-hmm. a little bit because, all right, what is the prognosis for Terrace Marshall Jr. to return from his back injury? What about DJ Chark? And his hamstring, okay, he might be ready to go week one, but knowing his health history, DJ Chark, can you rely on that? Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of questions moving forward. Okay, LaVisca Chenault has the concussion. Apparently he was in stage four of stage five to return from his concussion, but we all know how concussions can go. Once you get that first one, it's a lot easier to get that next one. So, all right, what's the what's the reliability of some of these guys that are hurt right now? Do you keep seven wide receivers on your 53 roster initially because of the injuries that you're dealing with? All right. If you keep seven, as opposed to six, well, that's got to bump somebody Mm -hmm. else. And that, that person that gets bumped, maybe it is a Spencer Brown. He gets placed on waivers. When other teams like we need a running back, you may lose Spencer Brown. Hopefully maybe to stash him on the practice squad, but he might get picked up by another team. And and sometimes that little stashing is is part of the process, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you have two guys and it's close, you're like, I think this one might make it through waivers. There's no way that guy makes it through waivers. So then you, you, you cut a guy hoping to get him back on the practice squad. And who knows, maybe you're picked up by another team and right. Your life changes in that way. It's, it's a really interesting spot in the calendar because it's so close to game one. uh, And there's so much roster movement going on. But if there, if there is anything we've learned about the Panthers' roster this preseason, uh, it's that there are very few jobs etched in stone, oh, especially at the few. end of the roster, right? I mean, there's borderline starters that I'm like, yeah, you know, you, could, you, you might be able to do without them. But that's darn sure the case for, you know, numbers 40 to 53 on the roster. Yeah, especially with this, this Panthers squad because, yeah, you know who your starters are going to be? What? I remember it was uh, McCall, who they signed, Mm -hmm. started the first preseason game with the first-team defense and was later released and then was picked up by the Patriots, then did not pass a physical and was later – they didn't actually complete his contract with the the Patriots. So clearly something else going on over there uh, regarding that. So, again, you don't know who's going to get let go. There are guys you think are potential starters for a team – but they might be even with a young guy on a rookie contract. It's like, wait, we can shed some salary and just start the young guy as and, opposed to the veteran. There's veterans that get cut. And and there weren't many explosive preseason performances because right? the, the announcers love it. If you watch preseason, they love to like have you know somebody make a big special teams play or score yeah. a long touchdown, and they go, that guy just earned himself a roster spot. There really wasn't much of that for the, the, the Panthers. There weren't those – like, hey, I'm a young guy on the fringe of the roster bubble. I'm going to make it so they have to keep me performances. Uh, Antoine Green, I actually think, kind of had that against Carolina for the Lions. That's right. Uh, North Carolina receiver from from a season ago. 70-yard touchdown, three catches, 97 yards. It's like it's going to be pretty tough to cut that guy a day after or a couple days after he puts that performance on tape. There wasn't a ton of that for Carolina, which makes it just all the more up in the air. And if Antoine Green does get cut, That's the type of performance that you put on tape that makes other people want to claim you. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Kickoff celebration. All week here on the drive with Tim Donnelly. Because we're kicking off football. Yes. Thursday, state and wake. Saturday, I mean, most of college football, including UNC and South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Monday, Clemson Duke at Duke. I've been this excited about college football. There's there's a, a lot. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Last season in the state of North Carolina, I've, I've been on record saying this was, I think, the best year of college football the state of North Carolina has had just from top to bottom. FBS, FCS, the amount of schools that made bowl games and postseason in some way, shape or form. It. I mean, gosh, amongst the seven FBS schools in the state of North Carolina, only one finished below 500, <laughs> and that was Charlotte. And, and on top of that, there there is a feeling of like this might be the last time we have it like this. Yeah. Like this might be the last time, you know, the, the last season of a show that I've been watching every year religiously for my entire life. Mm-hmm. Right? There's their, I don't know, the main, some of the main characters are – uh, retiring or whatever it is like that's that's kind of happening right ACC expansion is going to play into really the background of this season but it's going to be impacted next season right because that's when the Pac-12 essentially disintegrates that's when uh, the the Big Ten and the SEC no longer look like the Big Ten and the SEC that I that I grew up with um, and of course of course because the Atlantic Coast Conference the ACC doesn't understand how much of their business is entertainment. I 100% expect them to make an expansion decision this week. Could be tonight. Could be in a couple days. But it's it's like, did they wait until you heard the the intro? It's kickoff celebration, right? Did did they wait until we're focused on actual football on the field to now uh, announce their big off the field expansion? Wait until everyone is paying attention to something else and tired of expansion talk and then go, hey, we got a big move in expansions. Is that? Is, I mean, that's almost too on the nose, poorly handled. Yeah. Because, actually, I'll put it like this. It feels like they're pot committed now to Stanford, Cal, and SMU coming in mm-hmm. because the, we, we now know about the financial implications. We now know about the money that they would make and what they could do with it. Um, and, like... <laughs> Heck, if I, if I negotiate like a, a fantasy football trade for more than like four texts, <laughs> I'm like, well, we've made it this far. We might as well make it happen, right? Like, just go ahead and do I'm it. I'm not now. I don't want to have wasted the thought I put into those four text messages. Like, if you're ACC, you've been now having these conversations for weeks, if not months. You're not just gonna walk away from the table, right? Like, you, it's you're gonna it's gonna get done, right? Your pot commit your your effort committed. So once you once you decide it's going to happen, how do you roll it out? Because because this is an entertainment business, right? The business side of things is entertainment. The off the field stuff can help you out. Take actually, uh, um, Dennis, I know you're a fan. Yeah. Uh, take a page out of professional wrestling. Oh, give it to me. Right. That the, a lot of the entertainment value can come from outside the ring. 
right? It's not all just the fights. It's the promotion. It's the feuds. It's the decision-making. It's mm-hmm. the uh, changing of allegiances and alliances. And then that gets everybody talking and building anticipation for the fights inside the ring. Now, if I'm the ACC, I would have loved to have made uh, the expansion talk two, three, four weeks ago, right? Make the announcement so then we can discuss it and build anticipation for the action on the field. Right? That's where you can understand that, yes, you're a competitive sport and, you know, in between the lines, there are certain things that need to happen, but you can build up everything else. Right, you can build up the the the, quite frankly, rivalries and the the uh, agreements and disagreements. You could have gotten weeks of free publicity if you brought on Stanford, Cal, and SMU two week two weeks ago. Weeks of discussing it, uh, rather than than discussing should you, will you, what's wrong, what's this. We would have been discussing how's it going to work. What are the new rivalries going to be? What's going to be like when State goes and plays Stanford? Stanford, I was thinking of this too. You you definitely want it done by this weekend because then every Stanford and Cal and every Pac-12 game becomes like a, an infomercial for the new ACC. Uh, but then I looked at the games. Stanford plays Hawaii at 11 p.m. Eastern time this Friday. So at least you'll get the degenerate, the degenerates. Of course, right? If if you're if you're settling in for the Stanford at Hawaii 11 p.m. Friday night game. You're going to get a lot of talk about the ACC if they make that announcement. Well, you know what? Three-day weekend. I'll stay up late on Saturday because <laughs> I can sleep in on Sunday and sleep in on Monday. Why not? There you go. Cal playing North Texas. Not sure you're going to get a lot of buzz out of that. Oh, you never know. SMU versus Louisiana Tech. Not sure you're going to get a lot of buzz out of that. But my, my point is the storylines of everything change the moment this announcement is made. Right? The storylines of everything change the moment it becomes real if it becomes real and i kind of expect it to right there's reports of a meeting happening tonight between uh the the powers that be uh obviously with the the chapel hill situation going on which you can find more information involving the armed and dangerous at large suspect uh 96.5 and 99.3 wral sports or sorry wral news uh simulcast going on there um i don't know if if they would expect anyone in, in the ACC to be ready to vote on ACC expansion with, with obviously bigger things going on, but I would expect it soon. So Andrea Idelson confirmed a Ross Dellinger report about the meeting that's taking place tonight. My thing is you're not calling a meeting with a vote possible unless you've made up your mind. Because sure. otherwise, what are you talking about, right? And like, and we've already done the straw poll thing too many times. Exactly. Either you're voting to say, yes, we're moving forward with this, or like, you know what, we're we're done. We're just cutting this thing off. We're moving on. The fact that it hasn't been cut off is part of the reason why I think it's going to happen. To me, there's there's four people that could call this meeting and have it actually get scheduled. Whoever's voting for Florida State, Clemson, NC State, or UNC. Yeah. Because those are reportedly the no's in the straw poll, right? And one of them would have to flip for it to be a yes. So, like, if I'm one of the 11 yeses, I'm not going on a meeting unless UNC, NC State, Clemson, or Florida State tell me, hey, I'm going to flip. And as soon as they say, hey, I'm going to flip, 
then the meeting becomes very important, right? Then it's like, all right, let's schedule it. Let's do it because it's going to be a different outcome here. If not, we're just getting together to, to chat and do the same thing that we did before. So, so I'm, I'm looking at it and thinking, A, the AECC already botched the, botched the timing. They already botched the rollout. They already botched how they could maximize the entertainment value of this. So you might as well just rip the Band-Aid off, get it announced, make it happen before the, the games are played, and you might get a little bit of buzz, a little bit of discussion uh, when, when Pac-12 or ACC games are going on this weekend which actually I don't like happening during ACC games because I want the focus to be on the field, but maybe you can steal some buzz from some some other games going on. Like if I'm if I'm watching, you know, Clemson-Duke on Monday, if I'm watching Carolina, the Battle of the Carolinas on Saturday, if I'm watching State-UConn or, or Elon Wake on uh, 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 Thursday, I don't want to be talking about Stanford and Cal. I want to be watching those games. However, watching Stanford and Cal, I want to be talking about the ACC. So I kind of want my cake and, and I want to eat it too. 